You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. And it almost didn't seem like we get to this point, but we are finally here. Welcome into the Big Time Baseball Podcast. Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Heyman. Uh, you can subscribe to your to this podcast, the Big Time Baseball Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. John, how are you today? I'm good. It's glad to be back. It's great to have baseball back. How are you doing, Tony? Uh, I'm doing very well. It's been very exciting to watch this uh this this start to the season for some teams it started off pretty well for some teams it hasn't uh, obviously the big news right now John is uh, the COVID nineteen is 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 really the dictator of this season and it's starting to rear its ugly head out and uh, for that Florida for that Miami Marlins team uh, eleven guys uh, contracting the COVID nineteen two two uh, coaches on that staff uh, this is some scary stuff John. It absolutely is. It's uh, quite a few guys. In fact, we're now up to 15 guys, Tony. Uh, wow. Wow. Four and then seven and then four more. So half the team has COVID. Most of them are asymptomatic, uh, thankfully. Uh, but you've got half the team now out and in quarantine. Uh, so they've got half a team. They've got to figure out a way to be able to field a team. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it uh, for tomorrow or Thursday in Baltimore. It would be quite a rush job for them to do that. Uh, they've got problems with a 40 man. They got to figure out who to put on that team. Uh, they got to fill half yeah. a roster right now. So Mike Hill, the GM of the Marlins has a very, very big job right now. Yeah. It's not a lot of times where a GM is having to fill half of a roster <laughs> uh, during the season. It's just <laughs> unprecedented. We haven't seen, and not only does it affect the Miami Marlins, it also affects the Philadelphia Phillies in which the Marlins just finished playing. So their game uh, tonight has been canceled with the, with the Yankees, as well as tomorrow, I believe. Uh, this is uh, something that Major League Baseball certainly wants to get under control. At least listening to the Commissioner Manfred yesterday, it's he seems to believe that this is something they can control. Yeah, it was a rough few days for the Phillies. Not only did they lose two out of three to a depleted uh, Marlins team, now they can't play games because of the concern of the visiting uh, clubhouse. Um, yeah, they've got to ha have to get this under control somehow. Uh, I thought MLB did a very good job with the operations manual, uh, yeah. 113 pages, very comprehensive, but you know it's pretty hard to follow. If you're going to read it like I did, I'm a nerd who read it. Uh, it's uh, you know that's great, but to follow it, to be actually be a ball player and follow it going to be tough. I mean, you would know better than than me, but uh, 
you know, they, so far I think they've done a good job without no spitting, uh, no fighting. Yeah. Uh, they've uh, certainly confronted, but from a distance. But the celebrations, the emotion, that's the part that they have trouble taking out of it. You saw that grand slam, the walk-off uh, hit by Matt Olson in Oakland the other day. Uh, I mean, they were on him. I mean, uh, the whole team was out there gathering around. And I think they've said that that was a mistake. But, uh, that, you know, that's just one example. I don't mean to pick on them. I think every team is doing too much high-fiving, too much low-fiving. There should be no fiving going on, none at all. They have to really <laughs> understand this is yeah. a different situation. I mean, you play the game and you just pretend like you're playing with strangers, people that you don't like. You know, you cannot, yeah. you can't hug them. You can't five, high five them. You can't do anything like that. I don't know. How hard would it be for you, Tony? I mean, you played it, for years in the major leagues. It, it would be tough. And, and, that, and when those rules came out, I'm not a nerd. I didn't read all 110 pages like you did, but I certainly skimmed through it and that was the thing that immediately stuck out to me is the emotion of the game is tough to control sometimes. So when a guy scores or a guy gets a big hit or in the A's case, a walk-off grand slam, um, it's going to be tough to remember in that moment, at least early on, that, you know, we can't really celebrate the way we used to. I've seen it here in San Diego. Guys score, they come in the dugout. They may not touch the third base coach or first base coach going by, but they certainly, when they get in that dugout, it's hard to resist giving your teammates high five. We won't spend too much on time on this because I know people are listening in, trying to get away from this COVID nineteen thing. But <laughs> there, there, there really is no getting away from it. I mean, this no, thing is, not at it, the it, moment. It, I mean, this yeah. it's an outbreak right now. Uh, you know, they had done well going into the season. I know there were a couple blips early on, but that last week there were only six positives out of a thousand tests and only five players, and now we have. 15 players, three times that on one team. So yeah. uh, it's a bad situation. Fortunately, it didn't spread to any of the Phillies. They did take two defeats from the Marlins, but they didn't get the COVID from them. So they got to be thankful for that. And uh, it seems like the other 29 teams are, are doing okay or better. So uh, that's the good news. Just a couple more things on this before we change over to the next subject. Uh, you mentioned the Phillies. Uh, part of the reason why they've canceled tomorrow's game is they want to make sure – that the tests continue to come back clear. As, as John mentioned, they've already tested uh, clean the entire uh, traveling party. They're talking about going in buses, maybe five people per bus in multiple buses uh, heading to New York. So hopefully everything works out on, on that end. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the elite teams that, at least the elite teams that we expected through the first four games. Yeah, uh, let's talk baseball. Good yeah. idea. Okay, so <laughs> no, thank you. I feel no, better. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, among uh, some of the elite teams that I think a lot of people were expecting uh, some some serious uh, damage from. Dodgers, to start with, they started out 2-2. Two two. They came out the gates like gangbusters winning the first two, but uh, lost the last two to the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I mean, look at that San Francisco team. Clear rebuild. I mean, there's no question. They're one of three or four teams that are really in a clear rebuild, not really playing for this year. And give them credit. They were able to pull two games out at L.A. I mean, I don't know what the home field advantage is now without any fans. Might yeah. be something. Might be nothing. I'm not sure. Uh, you, you probably know better than I do on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, the Dodgers uh, looked only okay. They, they I, We all thought they were the super team, and we'll see. I mean, there's obviously – a long way to go, 56 games. This is a sprint, but we still have a long way to go. And uh, 
you know, there's still questions from the Dodgers. They lost a lot of uh, guys from that rotation. Unjin Ryu, gone. Rich Hill, gone. Maeda, gone. And also uh, the bullpen. We'll see about it. Uh, Kenley Jansen was fantastic, but not last year he wasn't. Neither was Trinan, who came over. Uh, They signed him. Kelly wasn't that great last year. So the three guys at the back end, uh, are kind of questionable. I mean, you could pick on any team, I guess. But uh, yeah. to me, on paper, they're probably the best team. They're the deepest team, but they're not a perfect team. So uh, and they, they, the Giants uh, did a good job. So let's give them credit, too. They did. And, and listen, if there's if there's a team that does lose out uh, in terms of home field advantage, it's the Dodgers. That place is usually rocking during the season. And I, I know those guys haven't played there. Feed off of that. They, there will be none of that this year. Um, you mentioned the fact that they lost a lot of pieces out of that rotation, whether it's Hunjin Ryu, whether it's Maeda, whether it's uh, whether it's Hill. Um, in Maeda's case, especially, he was a swing guy. He could go from both bo- uh, starting rotation or to the bullpen and had success doing both. So you lose those guys. So there's some question marks in the, in the guys in which filled those positions. One of those guys was supposed to be David Price. He elected not to play. So uh, the Dodgers do do have some questions to answer. You mentioned the back end, uh, Trinan and, and, and Jansen. And uh, those two guys, especially who struggled last year, are, are looking to have uh, somewhat of a bounce back year. How about the Yankees? Uh, how about the Yankees, John? Because that's another team. They're 2-1, uh, you know, sitting at third in that division or tied for second. At this point, four games in, it really doesn't matter anyway. You guys, are <laughs> the standings will kind of work themselves out. But uh, there's got to be some 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 early signs of uh, of positivity for the Yankees, especially with John Carlos Stanton. He's he swung the bat well uh, early on. Yeah, Stanton uh, looks fantastic early. That 483 foot home run, 120. That got out in a hurry too. Wow, uh, second hardest hit ball in the Statcast era, as they say, and uh, two. Uh, he had the hardest one as well. Not a shocker there. I think he's had three out of the five hardest, and the other two were uh, his teammate Aaron Judge. So between those two and San- Sanchez, they have quite a formidable lineup. I and mean, there, there are four real super lineups at least that uh, between the yeah. Dodgers yeah. and the Yankees, uh, the Astros and the Twins. But Yankees certainly one of them. I think they have a little concern though. Paxton uh, was not very good at all. There have been some pitchers who've come out. Some have gotten hurt. We we talked about the Dodge rotation. Didn't even mention uh, Kershaw's got a little bit of a back situation flaring up too so there's another issue there uh but uh, several pitchers are have been like paxton just don't look ready uh they look like they're in the middle of spring training or in a dead arm period or something like that because we've seen two or three of them just throwing 91 miles an hour when they're used to throwing 99 miles an hour uh we saw that with otani who we had high hopes for from both sides uh and he did not look good did not even get an out we saw that from fulton avich who was shockingly dfa'd and uh, with Paxton, uh, he wasn't throwing like he normally does either. It's a it's a rough thing for him. He's a free agent after the year. But certainly for the Yankees, uh, you know, their rotation, obviously, Garrett Cole, uh, one of the best two two or three pitchers in baseball, uh, big boon. And, and we know Tanaka will be fine. I know we had a concussion earlier on one of those Stanton 112-mile-an-hour balls. Uh, but uh, generally, I think their rotation is solid enough considering how fantastic that lineup is. Now, the American League West um, really holds two teams that came out the gates well. One, I think despite all of the, the noise around them, you could anticipate this team was still going to be pretty good. That was the Astros. But Oakland, we mentioned them uh, earlier uh, as we started to show, this is another team that looks good. And they look deep 
uh, from the pitching yeah. standpoint. They got bullpens coming, bullpen arms coming out of their ears uh, out in Oakland. And that's a team that really could make some noise. We mentioned that, that home field advantage. If there's one team that benefits from lack of a home field advantage, it's definitely the Astros. They, they won't be facing any of the heat that they would have been facing had, you know, this been a normal season with fans in it. Right. They, they certainly got a break there, but the injury to Verlander, I mean, that's really a killer for them. Now, how serious is this injury, John? I, I think it's serious. I mean, I know it was reportedly uh, originally going to be for the entire year. He denied that. He said, uh, we'll see, basically, uh, in about two weeks. Uh, he's going to be shut down two weeks, so he's probably out at least four weeks. And uh, mm. forearm strain, I mean, you know, that, that that could mean a lot of different things. It could yeah, mean yeah. only four weeks, but it could be the year. I, I wouldn't rule that out. I, I'm going to say right now I think the A's are the favorite in that division. I, you know, the Astros got a break, uh, certainly, uh, with without fans in the uh, other ballparks. They were going to take some heat. I mean, it was brutal in spring training. I was at their site probably seven or eight times. Uh, and boy, was it tough, and they were not hitting at all uh, with these fans on them. Now, just spring training, I don't draw too many conclusions, but Altuve and Bregman were not hitting. They are now. They're great players. I do believe they'll, they'll, that lineup will hit, but you take Verlander out. Cole's already out. You know, Granke is going to be fine, but uh, the rest of that rotation looks uh, pretty untested. I'll put it that way. I was going to say pedestrian, yeah. but that's a little unfair. Yeah. Uh, Josh yeah. James is a lot of talent. He might be really good, but uh, to me, the A's, you mentioned it. That bullpen is fantastic. Only one run they gave up, and that was by Hendricks, their closer. Uh, they have fantastic, fantastic bullpen, and they have great young starters. If A.J. Puck's healthy, that'll be a big plus. But, I mean, uh, with Lizardo and Manaya, uh, you know, they have terrific starters. And Chapman's one of the best third basemen in baseball. Olsen's one of the best yeah. first basemen. I'm on him about the – Home run celebration wasn't all his fault that he hit the home run. It was really the other guys. But, uh, you know, they have a terrific team. Semyon going to be a free agent. Uh, he's a fantastic player as well. To me, I think the A's are the team to beat now in that West. Um, and I just I just feel like it, uh, the Houston without the two big pitchers, and we'll see on Verlander, but I'm, I'm skeptical. Uh, without those two big pitchers, they're not the same team. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. An injury to Verlander in a 60-game season for any significant amount of time uh, is going to be one that the Astros feel, and they feel in a big way. Now, uh, there have been some surprises, and the first team I'm going to highlight is a team I've gotten to watch intimately, and I don't know that it's that much of a surprise to see them get off to a start, and that's the, the off to this start, and that's the San Diego Padres. Uh, this team has looked – a lot different. I, again, I know it's only four games, and I'm not one to get too excited about these type of things, but I've watched this team over the past five years, and at no point did they ever have it bats like they've had in the first four games uh, of, of the season, in which uh, they grinded out and just wore down the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks pitching staff. And Tommy Pham set that tone early on in spring training, and now it seems like some of the guys around him have started to pick up on that. And it's something Jace Tingler really preached all, all spring training, all summer camp 2.0 was we wanted to be the type of offense that grinded out at bats and it's resulted in a three and one record to start John. Yeah. I'm with you on the Padres. Um, you know, I know they're, they're your hometown team and you're there and you know much more about it than I do. I, I like them. Uh, they're one of my three or four real, uh, we'd say surprise picks this year. Uh, you know, A.J. Preller has done a lot of stuff in his years there. He's thrown a lot against the wall. Uh, much of it didn't, has not worked. 
Uh, and I feel right now they have uh, terrific young talent. Uh, Tatis, one of the best players in the game. Uh, Fam uh, setting the tone, getting on base. Uh, that was a big, big pickup. Uh, he's already been traded twice, and he's a really talented player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, a little surprising. But uh, I, I love that team, and I particularly love the young talent that they have, and they may call on it. You know, if they need to, they could call on Gore and Patina and Tra- yeah. uh, Trammell. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they could be a threat. I really think so. And certainly now with a playoff structure with eight teams, uh, yeah. they better get in. I mean, they better get in at this point. I know a lot of people are going to look at it and say, well, there's, a, you know, four good teams in the Central and there's four good teams in the East. No, Padres better get in at this point. Uh, and I like AJ, but it's time to get in the playoffs. And I, I think they will. Yeah, no, he's certainly been under some heat. Uh, I think after last season, uh, Ron Fowler, the owner of the Padres, said heads were rolled. Now, he's kind of backpedaled on that a little bit under the circumstances, <laughs> being a 60-game season. Uh, right. But you're right. This is this is the window for, I think, for the Padres to capitalize and maybe kind of uh, get a head start on what they feel like is a, a lot of success in the coming years. Uh, one of the teams that has also been somewhat of a surprise, and I guess you can't call them too much of a surprise because the Cubs uh, have had have had good rosters, but they come out the gates soon, gates early well, as has the Miami Marlins. I know we were talking about them; they're half of their team getting hit with uh, COVID, but they look pretty good uh, up in Philadelphia this weekend. Yeah, the Marlins. Uh, yeah. Uh, they got talent. They got young talent. We're just not sure who's going to be available to them uh, right. in the coming days. Uh, you know, uh, obviously we know that uh, uh, Cooper and Ramirez and Urania uh, and O'Farrell are positive, and we have to add 11 more players, unnamed players. I've heard uh, Miguel Rojas is one of the players who's positive, mm. and he's been their best player and their leader. So uh, we can add, uh, that's a new, uh, five players who are positive. They're going to have trouble just fielding a team, though. And I think uh, it's going to be hard to even play those games in Baltimore. Uh, You know, between the situation of guys who are not on the 40-man roster to get them into Major League Camp, you're going to have to do a little finagling. And, uh, you know, then they've got some big prospects, but, uh, you know, they don't want to rush them. I don't know if they don't think they're ready or they don't want to start their service clock. Uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, there are still some free agents out there, guys who were cut late, whether it be Melky Cabrera, Cargo, or uh, Beckham, uh, Liriano. Uh, they could try to sign these guys, but they're not ready for major league games yet either. So uh, it's a conundrum. They're in a tough spot. Uh, they do have talent. Uh, they have young talent. Uh, their team on the rise, but uh, boy, I, just to piece together a team is going to be interesting in the next few days for them. Yeah, yeah, and and, it's, and really, it's really, we all should approach these early standings with caution. It's four games, a lot of different things can happen in a regular baseball season, not even considering the fact that COVID-19 is kind of the low cloud hanging over uh, all of this season and all of these rosters. Now, on the flip side of that, John, there's been some teams that I think were expected to come out to gauge well, and really haven't. And the two teams that come to my mind are the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, well, the White Sox, I think they played at Minnesota. Minnesota's lineup is fantastic. Uh, oh, my gosh, you, yeah. You know, uh, with Lopez, Ronaldo Lopez now going down with a shoulder, another one of those pitchers 
that has an early injury here, that's a big blow to the White Sox because I think that starting pitching depth is really the question with that team. Uh, they also have a very good lineup and really good young players, but uh, you know you, you're going to need that pitching. So there's a question there. The Reds have actually gotten great starting pitching so far, yeah. Uh, yeah. but they have not really been able to put it together in the early days. Otherwise, I mean, they have Brooke Gray, they have Bauer, they have Castillo. Uh, they've got great starting pitching, and they added – uh, Moustakis and uh, they added Castellanos and to a lineup it was okay uh, and so to me they look like a team that was on the rise like the the Padres and the White Sox we'll see how that plays out but you're right it's early through three games everybody had at least one win and everybody had at least one loss so uh, not only is it, it was only three games now four games it's nobody's really started out fantastically and nobody started out that dreadfully and it it's a, you know, we, we're not going to draw too many conclusions. After three games, the Marlins, the Tigers, and the Orioles were all tied for first place. So, uh, you know, we can't get ahead of ourselves here. With that, I'm not that worried about the Reds. I still think they're going to be good. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Of course, you could say that about more than half the teams at this point. John, I don't know if you saw this. This just came in on my phone. Uh, the Nationals players, uh, according to ESPN, have voted against going to Miami for weekend series against Marlins. Final call is obviously up to uh, MLB, but that's a big deal, I would think, John. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know the Yankees did not want to go into that clubhouse uh, where the Marlins just were. And, uh, you know, uh, Miami is a hot spot beyond the fact that the team has now got half of them have covid uh, Miami's in a tough spot. You know, we started the season. There are two teams playing in Florida. There's a team in Arizona, uh, two teams in Texas. Uh, you know, some governors were more liberal with the openings. We won't get mm -hmm. into all the politics of this, but uh, I live in Florida. And, uh, you know, they took a victory lap very early there. And it was an unwarranted victory lap. So, you know, we don't know exactly what happened with the Marlins. We do know they have 15 people, 15 got players, half the team is positive and uh that makes things uh rough <clears throat> certainly uh did that happen on the road they went to atlanta which is in georgia which also uh is has been a hot spot then to philly so did it happen in atlanta did it happen on the travel uh did it happen in miami I, we are not sure but um you know i feel bad for the marlins uh, teams are just not going to want to be around them right now unfortunately yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, like I said, it's going to be hard to play the games in Baltimore, and then it's going to be hard for them to play. It might be hard for them to play for play a little while. I mean, if the team does, if the Nats don't want to play, it's going to be hard to tell them to go play. You know, I I, I don't see how MLB orders them to play. So uh, you know, what the Marlins may get the Marlins may get a week off here to figure out how to field the team. It might help them uh, in in forming a team as well. So maybe it's just better to take give the Marlins a week off and figure it all out. And, you know, maybe they'll have to play games on the road. We already have one team playing games in Buffalo as their home team. Uh, you know, Miami is a tough spot right now. I, you know, yeah. Some people may not blame it on Miami, but I live there. It's not doing well. I'll tell you that right now. That that just seems like it, it, it complicates the scheduling at this point. I mean, obviously, you got to find an alternative. If teams don't want to go to Miami to actually play games, uh, you're going to have to end up going. Um, you're going to have to end up finding an alternative place to play. That's probably not in the state of Florida. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this kind of uh, really unfolds and, and what happens from here. 
Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough for these teams. And, uh, you know, hopefully this won't happen anymore. Hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's the players being too enthusiastic. I kind of doubt that because I've seen that on a lot of teams, not just Miami. Uh, but you're going to have to have players probably wearing masks more, players not celebrating, and players being even more cautious than they've been to this point. Now, we mentioned the Cubs a, a little bit Ed, because they, they started off 3-1. and one. Uh, but there seems to be still an issue with the back end of that bullpen, and, and, and that's Kimbrell. He struggled again last night. Cubs were able to win despite that. How, how much how much can we expect from the Cubs if the inconsistency at the back end continues to be what it is? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, closer is a key, <laughs> key part of the team. Uh, you yeah. know, I think they'll give him a few more chances just because of the history there. He's got quite a resume. Uh, you've got the Mets with a closer situation. Edwin Diaz, he just had one bad pitch. Ozuna took it out and blew a save. But last year, he gave up 15 home runs in the ninth inning. And uh, his resume isn't anything like what uh, Kimbrell's resume is. I think the Cubs probably have to give him a couple more chances. They, he's got more money into him. Of course, the Mets had a big trade and they gave up a big prospect for Diaz. But I would say the Mets need to go away from Diaz to go off mm. on a tangent there a little bit. But uh, the Cubs will give Kimbrell a few more chances, I think. I mean, the Cubs, you got to say they're off to a good start. And the fact that Hendricks threw a complete game out of the blocks, hard to believe someone could do that with a half of spring training. Uh, Lester looked really, really good. Uh, Chatwood looked fantastic. He seems yeah, to be yeah. ready to go. He may be worth that fr- free agent signing. And, you know, Darvish didn't look that great, but we know he has 11 pitches, including the Supreme. So uh, <laughs> at some point, he's going to have to be as good as that contract. Some point. Uh, I, I've been saying for a while now, it might do him, he might be doing himself a disservice by having so many pitches. It just seems like how can you really lock in on three good pitches when you have 11 of them to, to, yeah. to throw? <laughs> I think you need three. I think three you need, unless you're Dwight Gooden and you've got two right, that are right. the best in baseball. You need three pins. Sorry to. Uh, only talk to our older fans there but uh you know unless you've got those two pitches that are fantastic you need three but uh yeah when you have too many it can get to be confusing Daisuke had uh all sorts of pitches he had also yeah. had the gyro ball uh which always, always made me hungry when i heard that it was the gyro ball but i'm not sure what it did exactly uh and he was good for a little while but i mean darvish is much more talented uh, you know, he, he, the $120 million contract that he got is justified by that talent, but he's got to make it work on the field. I mean, he's a great tweeter and very nice fellow, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a free agent uh, signing that hasn't worked to this point. Johnny, any tidbits you hear in around uh, Major League Baseball that we haven't talked about? Well, there's certainly a lot of injuries going around that uh, are key already. Uh, Bichette, uh, it has a, a hamstring situation in Toronto. I think they feel okay about that, that he'll be back in a, a few days, if not even sooner. Uh, that's a big one for them. I think they're a much, much improved team. Uh, and out in Texas, uh, the situation with Kluber is not good, as we see it. Uh, yeah. a tear in a shoulder muscle. I mean, they're hopeful, according to Evan Grant, that he could come back and uh, be in the bullpen at the end, but I, I, I wouldn't even count on that. But in any case, they need a starter, and I think they'll go with Colby Allard, who's a terrific, terrific uh, talent. Uh, they got him from uh, Atlanta for a Martin uh, a reliever, so um, I think they're going to be in an okay situation with eight teams in the playoffs. I think they, they've got a reasonable shot. Uh, with Houston, uh, 
you know, I texted Dusty Baker, uh, who, who we've had on, uh, what are you guys going to do uh, without Verlander? And he said, basically, no idea. He's an honest guy. It was a tough, it's in a tough spot. Tough to replace a, a Verlander uh, for that team right now. Uh, they've got question marks uh, in the rotation. Talented guys, but we'll see how they do. Josh James, Framber Valdez. Uh, I think they need to uh, – Forrest Whitley needs to step up at some point. He was considered, if not the top pitching prospect in baseball, one of the top two or three pitching prospects, and uh, that would be a, a big move for them. Uh, an interesting move uh, was uh, Fulton Avich uh, being DFA'd. I don't think anybody saw that. He, he threw Not that they wanted him to. They were really down to very few options, but he pitched the playoff decider against St. Louis uh, game five last year. Uh, was, of course, terrible, and they lost like 13-1, to but he had thrown seven shutout innings in game two of that series, uh, and he comes back here this year uh, in a tune-up. Uh, he, he looked bad uh, five days, six days ago. Uh, was throwing 90 or 91. I mean, he's a guy who had hit 100 in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he got creamed against the Rays. I think it was still shocking that they DFA'd him. I think they generally just did not really believe in him either as a pitcher uh, or personally. Uh, they were just not on the same page with him, and uh, probably right that they move on. But that's going to be interesting to see what they do, that he's now DFA'd. Uh, I mean, someone's going to trade for him. He's making only a few million dollars. He's not making some outrageous amount of money. Uh, I think that someone will, will step up and make a trade for him likely and that's certainly what they hope for uh and there are a lot of teams that uh, need pitching not just because of the covid situation but the injuries as well and uh we're early and teams are assessing their needs so uh i think that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on and of course with the marlins uh, doing what they're doing right now what's happening with them a very very unfortunate situation uh they're looking at every player around baseball uh who is still a free agent so I mean, you can look at Melky Cabrera, who was released by the Mets. Yeah. He has a connection to Derek Jeter from the Yankee days. You can look at Cargo. It may be Liriano, uh, Gordon Beckham. Uh, but they're basically looking at these guys probably to fill out the taxi squad because that taxi squad, basically two-thirds of that taxi squad is going to be in the major leagues uh, soon. As soon as someone they can find a team that wants to play them, uh, they'll, they'll have to call up two-thirds of their taxi squad uh, to fill out the roster. And that's really been the story of uh, week one. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see from those guys who, who are free agents looking at what's going on, how many of them are, are going to be willing to actually sign and go out and play? Because, you know, some guys might be spooked. Uh, we have Bob Nightingale on his way, radio.com sports, MLB insider. We're going to sit and talk to him. Uh, and, and try to get a, a, an overview on some of these late-breaking news stories.